You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and joining me is Nigel of Muse on Marvel. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. This is uh, awesome. Yeah, well, for the for the War Machine guys, probably everybody recognizes you, but uh, from from the people who are like came into MCP from like X Wing and stuff, are probably like, who is this dude? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to give the listeners just like a little little bit of your history to kind of catch them up? Sure. Um, I we were talking before we recorded, and we were like, "You started in 2011, right?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think in like 2010 or 20, 2009, something like that, we started Focus and Fury. Um, me and Beanish, um, and a couple others, and then we were just a War Machine podcast back in the early days of like Gen Con. Like Gen Con was like kind of the primary thing that was like. Um, tur- the primary when you guys were like the only War Machine podcast, yeah, there was for like a long Iron, time. Right, Iron Agenda was like an East Coast cast. That oh like, yeah, they and they were really inconsistently recorded. But I think that's like what Norbert was on. I think Norbert was in there. Um, so like maybe Norbert yeah, that sounds right. Back. Yeah, because it was like Norbert and Stubbs, and then I think Flanzer would guest, and they had a couple other like they had a very like very eclectic mix of people that contributed. Um. But that's and that's I could be remembering that wrong. But I think that that's. But anyways, that was like twenty two thousand nine, and then uh, th- I later, I don't even know when I came to Muse. Um, you know, I was traveling all over the place just doing conventions because I was just super into War Machine, and I was doing like the graphic design. John, this was before Muse was like a business, and uh, I was just doing like the occasional graphic design thing. And we were traveling, and he was just like, "Why don't you just like come down and work at Muse? You know, we'll just start a, a company." And then I like thought about it, and I this was like after two thousand. This was after two thousand eight. I went back to school, finished my design degree, and then I was working as like a UX designer for like a, a corporation, and it was just like a really miserable white collar. Like I thought, uh, like, yeah. "Oh, awesome! I'll make a lot of money being in design," and I was doing great. But it was like soul crushing, you know. Like it was, it was Draining like your that, life essence. Yeah, it was like the uh, Apple show, you know, where you had to like turn off your brain. I can't remember what the <laughs> Adam Scott stars in it, where you basically, you basically like turn off your brain, and then another person, like another version of yourself, goes to work. Like and he, he always wakes <laughs> up at work, and he only knows the job, and then he turns off his brain, and you get to live your life. Um, and that way, you never experience the like. And it's just a bizarre. Um, it's actually just a terrifying show. It gives me like existential dread just watching it. But um, <laughs> the uh, so, anyways, I was just like, ah, what the hell? I'll just do this thing. Like I'll travel and whatever. And it was it was a pretty fun ride. And then uh, War Machine, COVID, everything seemed to explode at the same time. And uh, we didn't podcast or you know like uh, we just didn't do anything for like three years. And then the crew everybody you know the the community was just totally different and flipped and wrote you know but then we last year adepticon we went to adepticon as a business um it was a super fun blast and like the big takeaway was like mcp was popping off so like 
while we were completely hibernating on all games, MCP had popped off like to just a huge degree. And we had actually tried it when it came out and I like, we quit it. Like we got mad at it. Like we were like, this game is trash. <laughs> um, Colin is such a like Hulk spaz. He loves Hulk so much. And it was just Modoc V Hulk in this core box. And like the cabal side was so much better than the Avenger side back then. I mean, it wasn't even like close. Like it was just like the game was, so, I just, we just felt it was like so unbalanced, but I mean, we, yeah, I mean, it's such a limited, you know what I mean? Like we didn't really, yeah, th- there was no releases, you know? So it was like kind of unfair. And they, of course, fixed Modoc, obviously fixed the crap out of Hulk. And then like, they also had no X-Men, which was a big no, no for me. That was like a, come on. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, fast forward uh, through COVID and we kind of took another look after Adepticon because it was such a fun, like we saw the infamous guys who were old War Machine players. We just caught up with like a lot of old War Machine players and they're all playing MCP. And it just made me think, huh. Started listening to podcasts, yours, infamous, some other ones. I started kind of getting like the feel for it. I'm like, I think I'm going to kind of be into this. And I started, and then I started <laughs> playing it and I was like only playing it by myself or on TTS games with Beanish. Beanish randomly plays it. And then I started going to turn it. It's just by myself. Like, and that was like my, and it just like caught on. Like if you just do something and then your friends are like, what is that guy doing? And then they start playing it and they're like, oh man, like, uh, they all wanted to play like Batman, the night models game. We oh yeah. Also, we played that and podcast that for a bit. And, uh, they were really like, we had to have like a funeral for that. We had to sort of like, okay, we got to go through the seven. <laughs> we have to finish <laughs> the seven <laughs> stages of grief and we're not going to play that game. And yeah. we're going to play MCP. And then, yeah, we've, we haven't looked back since. Yeah. So listeners, I know some of you have followed me through all of my podcasting adventures, but I, I said way back in the day, Focus and Fury was really the first podcast that I ever listened to. And it was the thing that inspired me to get into podcasting. So to a certain extent, the the ominous as we all know it would not exist without Nigel. Yeah, which makes me it's like humbling and also like a feels good, but also like terrifies like, oh my god, you know, like at least you uh <laughs> Like Focus and Fury was a little rough around the edges, and uh, I'm glad that you did not take away the raw. <laughs> the raw. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Remove from Play was very rough around the edges. For like, there was so many hard lessons. Like, I could yeah. not go back and listen to my first year of podcasting. My first episode was super monotone. There was so many episodes where I would do this thing where I would explain something and then I would feel like I didn't explain it well enough and I would just explain it again, but only like almost the exact same words. And so I would just drag on episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I need to just explain it and just fucking move on. Either I explained it well enough or I didn't and just let the thing be its thing. And, you know, yeah, but that was really early days of podcasting in general. That's the, I think the joy and also the like pain of, the podcast experience is like you have to just i mean unless you're going to script your cast out entirely from like front to back and you're a very good writer like almost like a comedian writing um you know material um you just have to like flow and then you just you know it's you either like you have to rehearse almost or you just have to be willing to you know let it let let your first pass be good enough and then move on yeah. So this isn't exactly MCP related, but I'm curious because you've also podcasted a shit ton 
over the years. And so you probably feel this, but maybe I've been like a primary host for like the, the, for most of it. Uh, sometimes I feel like it, in, it infects the way that I talk in real life. And sometimes I, I, I feel like podcasting made me more likely to interrupt people and like hop in and just feel like I'm always trying to fill gaps and stuff. And I have to kind of break myself of that sometimes in person. Yeah. I definitely think that you get into a routine where you're like, you have like a podcaster brain where it's not even like interrupting or like mansplaining or whatever, but you'll get into like, you're used to like monologuing a point. So like before we recorded, I think we were talking and at one point you stopped and said, we're not, by the way, we're not recording this. I think I must've been in like my podcast wave. Like <laughs> I was clearly like monologuing and you're yeah. <laughs> well, I was just like, we were talking about a lot of things that I still think would have been interesting to kind of have in the episode. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to make sure that you knew, cause I knew you probably hadn't used this software before. I was just like, just, so you know, we have not started an episode or anything yeah. yet. Like, yeah. You know, some of this we should probably uh, save, uh, save save for the actual show. But yeah, Focus and Fury, you guys and you guys inspired me to podcast from the beginning. Uh, there was a whole time period where I went to sleep listening to Focus and Fury. Yeah. Um. But um. Anyway, so you guys, you guys picked it up. Your your whole squad kind of got into it. Um. And I know, obviously, you you had that time period where you kind of dated the first 12 models, didn't really love it, and now you've kind of come back to it. Um, but you have a couple of your squad who aren't really on the episodes much, um, yeah. right? Uh, how hard was it to kind of, like, put together the crew, or was it, like, certain people wanted a podcast, certain people didn't? Yeah, some – yeah, uh, right away – Colin Eggers, like the OG four, just wanted a podcast right away. And then we have like a few Gar Crump. Um, those guys weren't that interested right away. Um, but yeah, it's like basically every week, every week we just play. It doesn't really, the podcasting is not it, even material to it. It's just the more we play, the more people. And in our community started out, it was just like four people playing. And then it was eight. And now it's like 12. And then it's now we're like, involved in like game stores and like 16 to you know 18 plus people still super limited size but like um driving to kansas city like once a month i haven't been the last two months just because work's been crazy but uh kansas city has a tournament every every month that we like to go to uh so you see them yeah that's cool it's cool yeah and that stuff drives excitement like people are like well what are you guys doing this weekend you know you you don't want to play magic like nope we're gonna go down and wreck people with miniatures they're like oh man i kind of want to do that too and they (laughs) you know the next thing you know like two (laughs) weeks later you've got two more guys that are playing yeah i would say from from your crew i was probably closest with um colin josh and crump all, every time I saw those guys at conventions, they were all super fucking cool, like some of the nicest people you'd ever meet. Josh and I had one game in like what was like my most prestigious run in uh, War Machine uh, of all my War Machine career. Josh and I had like a crazy game in that run, and he was just a fantastic opponent. Um, yeah. And so when I started hearing you like mention these names and their plan, I'm like, oh man, I fucking miss those guys. Yeah. But I don't think I ever met Eggers. Like when when he was part of the show, like did he come on Muse later or maybe Eggers, when I wasn't listening? Eggers, uh, was actually never on Muse. He came on when we were doing okay. a, a Batman podcast. So we did the GCPD. Oh, okay. And then and we're like conflicted. Like for some reason, Muse on Minis, we basically were like, that's just. The whole point of even naming it that was so that you could have a podcast about any game. 
but then it became a war machine yeah. cast and then they were like well we're gonna have guess about batman so let's call it something else and i was like well okay i think we yeah whatever so we're still like even with this we're like we call it muse on marvel but it's basically just muse on minis it's just whatever well and your 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 primary feed is muse on minis as well which yeah. has a bunch of stuff on it but yeah. uh you know maybe maybe the muse on minis feed is a bunch of podcasts about all sorts of different games and gaming and yeah. then your show is muse on marvel yeah i probably should you lean know. into that because it helps. I think our biggest, I, but, I'd i say the biggest criticism we get on consistent basis is like, I want to listen about MCP and I keep hearing all, <laughs> all this like other stuff. Yeah, I mean, that always that always gets to be a challenge, right? Like it's going to work. It's going to work in. And I think if you if you keep it to the right amount, like I do, I've picked up little bits about X-Wing that I think are interesting. And, you know, obviously we have some War Machine nostalgia. That's what, you know, really, really got us into this whole scene. So that stuff's going to come out occasionally. I, I try to bring it back to MCP sometimes if I derail too much and be like, ah, playing this is like playing, you know, X-Men, you know, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, I just had uh, just had uh, some drinks with uh, Ryan Chiraboka yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we're going to see each other in like a week and a half, but he just happened to be up in Seattle, um, oh. and so that was more War Machine nostalgia. Yeah, speaking yeah, of some no, of so the you, coolest people, you had him on the cast like uh, a couple months ago or whatever. That was one of the. Uh, I think that was right about when yeah. I started. I just I so perfect, kind of perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, I just I love having on all the all the old guard, all the you know, especially anyone I went to Poland with in particular. Like, I just feel kind of bonded to forever. Yeah. But um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit more about uh, about Muse on Marvel. So, did you kind of have an idea in mind of what the podcast was going to be like when you started recording? Like, obviously, you knew, guys knew that you hadn't been playing for a year, and so you were going to have like very fresh thoughts and fresh ideas. And you just wanted to lean into that, or is it just like record and see what happens? Well, I'd spent the entire summer from Adepticon on, from Adepticon till whenever we start recording, um, absorbing as much content as humanly possible. And I couldn't even process what I was listening to. Like that's the crazy part is like when you when you'll go into like your analysis on your like list building, you're like, I want these three crises and I want these three and you know, these extracts and these secures and like I got these guys for this and those guys for that. And I'm like, what is he effing talking about? Like, I have no, I have just no frame of reference. I only play. <laughs> to be fair, that's how I felt when I started listening to uh, Focus and Fury. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I could even process what you guys were talking about. So yeah. it has come full circle. Yeah. But I, what I didn't realize is that I was in a weird time machine. I started listening right after Adepticon and the excitement, the post-Adepticon excitement was exciting. Like the... Oh, yeah. mini, mini stravaganza was popping off and like models were getting fixed and crisis, you know, like people are just excited about that stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in the current timeline going forward as time's progressing, but I, it's not enough content. So I'm listening backwards. I'm going backwards in time. And I started to realize like, man, I'm seeing like a lot of people have these like journeys, like these arcs, they're different people, like two, two weeks, two weeks before, three months before a year before, and I thought we're, you know, when we started podcasting, I was like, I think it's important to like understand that this, like, we're babies and we're starting, but we should we should be aware, like, self aware of like this is like we're gonna be wrong all the time, or you know, we're you know, like we're gonna be right sometimes too, but like, um, our perceptions. I think it's so cool to like note, you know, where we're at when we start, where we're at ten ten episodes in, where we're at twenty episodes in 
just because of the way other people progress. I think I'm I'm like very observant of like Omnis was a different guy six months ago, like on his cast. Anyways, like, um, you know, he had a lot of different takes or opinions about affiliations or what the tier list is, you know, like stuff like that. Um, and so it's interesting to just be observant of that and and it can help you like i don't know if there's any value to it i just think it's fascinating to me it's uh i wasn't sure what i was going to think when i first started listening to muse on marvel and i but i and i think part of it is just like i like all of you guys and so that immediately makes it more entertaining than maybe it is to the average person but i i was immediately like oh i like all these guys they're all super cool people um and then kind of having you guys embrace kind of the hero's journey like, mm -hmm. you know that you're new to it, you know that you're experiencing it, and you're you're okay with that. You're not trying to talk from a place of, you know, extreme experience. You're just like, hey, we're, we know how to play miniatures games. We have a long history with miniatures games, and we're ready to explore this new, this new thing. And it, it really kind of started getting me excited because, obviously, there's models like, say, I think Medusa's a great example, where she was amazing, like, too good, and then she yeah. got nerfed. But she's still really good. And I think there's really interesting room to like see, okay, these experienced war gamers are now coming into a game. What do they think about some of these things that have changed? Because I, I do think that you have to go back and look at stuff with fresh eyes. Like this was something that Flanzer taught me back in like 2013 and inspired my list changing list building forever was just this idea of like going back and like looking at stuff that maybe you hadn't even considered just like look at stuff with fresh eyes yeah. and see how, how it fits in. And I was like, you know, I, there could be some interesting gems and I kind of want just wanted to hear your guys's journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think like for if you're experienced, so like you just had recently a, a discussion on your Discord about where you'd like your positioning to be um, in terms of like your content in relation to how competitive the you know how like how high concept or whatever, and then like if it's too crunchy, you don't like it. If it's like not crunchy enough, you know you also don't like it. So you're in this like Goldilocks zone. I think that's the crux of what you were. So and other people were like, kind of in agreement, like. Uh, with us, um, we're going to be like all over the place. But I think the idea is if yeah. you're an experienced player and we're not crunchy enough for you, that's fine. But what also we are is, you know, if you've ever stepped on a rake and just like, you know, you experientially, <laughs> you're going to be able to like laugh at our experience because you're like, oh, I remember when I thought Ghost Rider was just the worst or like when I thought, you know, voodoo was just so bad, you know, like <laughs> we're going to we're going to have these like just dumb hot takes where we're just going to be mad at the model because it's just too good or something or and you'll and everybody's going to be like i remember that <laughs> like i remember going through that first time or the first time i accidentally like let them summon exodia and then they scored eight points or whatever um you know well i think one of the things that'll be interesting about your guys's um journey is that when i started wakanda was fucking insane wakanda yeah. was so good so good that it really skewed the perception of everything else because it was kind of like, what does anyone do against Wakanda? 
And I think some people hadn't figured that out yet. And some people had, and some people were like leaning into it heavily. And so there was a bunch of things that people were playing. And I'm like, that's trash. Like that does nothing against Wakanda, but Wakanda has been toned down and they're more like a middle of the road affiliation. Now, uh, Danny, my, my primary co-host, he's been loving them, but it's, it's very different. It's very evolved. And so I think there's even things from back in the beginning that maybe could be looked at with fresh eyes, just because we don't live in the world where like Black Panther and Shuri just literally push everything off of every crisis ever. Yeah. And is that so Black Panther's functionally not nerfed, right? Or did he get toned down? He used to be able to push any size. Okay. And then Shuri so his obviously basic got strike. Yeah, they both had unlimited size pushes on their abil- on their main attacks. Okay. So literally Shuri at range 5 could push anyone without stealth off of a point. She could push Hulk away like there was a lot of times where people would play something like Hulk or Modok and Shuri would just like push them and like try to angle it at such a way that they stay within range five and then push them away again. Mm-hmm. And so just these big characters were just like totally irrelevant on the table. And when Black Panther can just like pounce, push this guy, walk Wakanda forever, push this other guy off a point, you know, it just, it changed the whole, it was, it was an extreme level of displacement that the game does not have at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and so that, that certainly could skew my perception of things at that time. So, um, uh, well, anyway, so I'm just I'm glad that you guys are recording, and it's been a it's been a fun show to listen to. And I would say, even from the perspective of someone I like really really crunchy content, right? Um, and I I like listening to people dig into the most competitive discussions. I've found your show very very enjoyable, and I'm still catching up. I haven't quite gotten through everyone because I keep forgetting on occasion because yeah. I was like how your feed was showing up on Spotify. I needed to go to the Muse site to listen to some of the earlier ones. And um, um, and then I, it'll slip my mind. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. I wanted to go listen to that next that next Muse episode. Um, but it sounds like everyone on the show is kind of enjoying it and sticking with it. Like, nobody's yeah. like, I'm kind of getting kind of sick of Marvel. Dude, we, we like... Every week, it's like we podcast for like four hours. We're, we're like, okay, this week, oh, yeah. we're going to just keep it to like 90 minutes. Let's just get in and out. And then we just can't help ourselves. Like we have, I mean, we talk about other stuff. We have like <laughs> a long pre-ramble. But um, yeah, we just really just enjoy talking about it so much. And we could go on forever that, yeah, we're like super in the zone as far as we're like in a good, we're like in this crazy honeymoon phase. Hopefully that just never ends. Yeah. yeah you, you don't want to get to the point where you're doing like box reviews or <laughs> like you're just, we're just, <laughs> we're just generating content at this. Yeah. Um, you guys have a lot of the approach of like, kind of, this is what we're playing right now. And this is the stuff that we're trying to make work. And I think that that can just be really fun. And yeah. I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so which of the, are any of the, the muse crew coming to LVO? No. Um, so Muse is, I'm moving like at Very the end sad, of the month. But... Yeah. So like, uh, we, yeah. and then the other guys, honestly, the other guys just don't travel well. They don't really, I think next year, um, Eggers and Josh will probably like, I think next year we'll almost a hundred percent be at LVO as just players. Like, cause, um, it's a good time in the year for us to travel. It's a nicer place to travel than say Rhode Island. And yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, this, yeah, it'll just be good. So, 
Well, we definitely will all be at a For the listeners, what uh, the Rhode Island joke was, my first travel to con was TempleCon, which happened the same time of the year as LVO, but, but it existed before LVO. And that was my first travel con. But like, there was one year I literally couldn't leave because it was blizzarded in. Yep. Yep. But that's, that's every year, by the way. For, I don't know oh. why, but every year it blizzards and nobody yeah. can leave. <laughs> that only happened to me one of like the three years that I went, okay. but it was always pretty, pretty snowy. Yeah. Um, so, okay. How about for Adepticon? So in March, how, who, who all is coming? I think all of us. So it'll be like absolutely whole, everybody. Sweet. Absolutely everybody. I mean, it's going to be like Crump, me, Colin, Eggers, Josh. Uh, there'd probably be some other, you know, like the, once you get like a critical mass, it's like people start, you know, I know uh, we play with like Aaron England. He's uh, oh yeah yeah kind of a Aaron. tournament tournament warhorse guy. Um, so he'll be going. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just yeah the, we'll be bringing a bunch of people. Uh, now, granted, you know Very we nice. all we all showed up for twenty minutes after the registration started, so we none of us we're all on the wait list. But like you know maybe we'll get it. Yeah, I uh, I ended up just like I was so busy that day um, that I. I'm just like I'm just gonna buy my pass after uh, after LVO and then I'm I already have my time off I'm gonna go it was a blast and so but I've just accepted I had so much fun just playing games last year that at this point I'm totally cool if I just go to Adepticon and play a bunch of games with people like yeah. it'd be cool to like play you or Colin or Crump or Josh and just like yeah get in a yeah. game we you can know? just do like a little scrambler like a podcast scrambler. Because, I mean, um, every, everybody, like, I think half the infamous guys didn't get into their stuff. So, like, I think we can just round up a bunch of the Island of Misfit Toys players and just do scramblers. Yeah, I I don't want to, like, do spoilers because I'm not sure if they've said that. But my understanding is, is that there may be some AMG staff that just shows up not to work, but to, like, play games. Hmm. So, there, there may be... Because that was kind of a thing that, like, Privateer Press did, right? You know, where yeah. if you had some of these big events, you'd usually have some of the staff just hang out and playing games with people. And that was that was fun. And I don't want to promise anything in case I've misheard or I'm misquoting. But I'm pretty sure there will be some AMG staff that's not working that's just playing games with people at Adepticon. That would be cool. That's an so. interesting, uh, yeah, an interesting opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super, super looking forward to that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your adventure personally with the game so far. So you have been mostly in the, like, I'm going to call this like the Dizzard wheelhouse where yeah, yeah. you love X Force and Weapon X. Like you are, you are a, a prodigy. Uh, of, of Dizzard. Um, we joke in my Discord that you are the new X-Force Messiah since, uh, since Dizzard abandoned you. But, yeah. um, is it just love of X-Men, loved of the Snicked Boys? The, you know? Okay. So when I first started, I was X-Men, just period. I just was like, I wanted to play 90s. I wanted to play actually late 80s, early 90s X-Men, which is a little different than what most people consider. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about Jubilee, but like, um, the, so I assembled that and I was like, I, they're they're not they're great they're like i like them i enjoy them but for whatever reason i i like can't play nightcrawler i can't really assemble like the true team i want and i started yeah. throwing a cable i started like really kind of like picking the ones i like i don't really like rogue um 
I I like her. Like I think she's a good model. I think she's obviously powerful, but like she's not like I think of Rogue as like a villain. Like she was like a foil to Wolverine in the first comic, you know? Like I still I own that comic. Like I don't think of her. I'm like, "Oh, get out of here, Rogue. You're you're bad." Um, you know, I still have like <laughs> my, you know, 14-year-old self still like is mad at her for uh stealing his uh, you know, healing. But like um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh man, that is that is just hilarious to me. I, I okay, I was a kid who could not afford comics, so yeah. I don't have any of this like pre predetermined feelings about the characters in the same way. So I yeah. I think that's super interesting. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, I couldn't afford comics either. I actually had um, my mom, you know, was dating a guy who had all the comics. So then I was just reading his comics actually, and then. He didn't really, you know, like he was just like, you can just have these. Like he, he just like bought them and then read them and then just threw them like on the coffee table or whatever. Like he wasn't like a collector. He just randomly read them and then threw them away. Like he literally just threw away his comics like they were a newspaper. So I was like, uh, I'll take all these. And like, I don't know, it worked work for both of us, I guess. I was doing it. I was like a garbage man. And, uh, you know, he got to just do whatever. But, um, I, you know, so I, I need I, to like complain to my mom that she didn't date any comic book nerds. Correct, That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. All right. That is how I got into magic and uh, learned anything about sports was from some of her boyfriends that yeah. would give me extra baseball cards and stuff. But okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was fascinated. I read right. um, the like Brood Wars and then um, like Mojo, uh, the Mojoverse and that stuff. That was like kind of the the band of where I was like super into them. And I just thought they were like the greatest. They were so different than all the other comics at the time. And that was still Claremont era, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So you just, you just really have, uh, you know, an affinity for, for those characters. Yeah. And K I did like, so in, in, in the nineties, I'm like, they kind of got reworked. The nineties are just so wild and weird. Because you have uh, Liefeld and Jim Lee and all these guys coming on the scene, and they're kind of reinventing everything and making it cooler. There's yeah. more pouches and belts, and like it's all tactical gear, and like it's, uh, and then that's X Force. And so, Cable's an interesting character. Um, I actually hated him in the '90s. I was like, he's just too much. He's like just too '90s. Um, I, it's just like <laughs> I, I, I had the characters I loved, and then they always introduce like the new guy, and you just hate them because they're new. But then after a while, you end up like, oh man, this guy's <laughs> like he just I don't know whatever. It's like uh, it's like meeting a new friend at the playground, and you hate him at first, but then you end up becoming best friends. It's it's Green Ranger syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Green yeah, Ranger, White Ranger yeah. syndrome. And I didn't even I didn't even watch it. I've just learned enough to understand why people either love or hate uh, the the Green Ranger, White Ranger. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I remember so, when I, new, when new I first started playing. Introduced. When I first started playing MCP, I I asked. It was actually like I don't, I'm, I'm just going to name drop because it's funny. Is I asked uh, okay. Greg, Greg Webster and Jay Larson. I was just asked them advice on my list, and they yeah. said they said I would argue some of the most toxic, like the most toxic stuff, because my list was Cyclops, Storm, Wolverine, Colossus and um something maybe something else or whatever and i was like you know what do you guys think of this list and they're like well do you ever like want to win a game and i was like what, what? <laughs> and they're like they're like so toxic about it. i was like 
you know, like, can you, is there anything, should I take beasts? You know, I was like adding more X in. Like, I was like, I was like looking for like actual feedback and then also like any advice on like how I should play it. And they were just like trashing it. And they were basically like, well, you obviously don't want to take this conversation seriously. Like, they were like, really like, I, they were just like, I was taken off as a play, I was taken off guard of like, what is going on here? Like, I will, you know, I, I then didn't talk about MCP with anybody I didn't know for, like three months like that was like the conversation was so weird and um combative so what, when was that conversation out of curiosity was this before adepticon last year or this after? was this was like in september so after adepticon and i had been listening to like podcasts for and i'd played a few games you know so and i was kind of enjoying i actually was wait really so that enjoying. was a conversation like four months ago yeah yeah huh yeah, I didn't like even even at Adepticon, I had didn't start. I had to, I couldn't even start playing until like after the summer was over. So like, I probably started playing like in August, and then like I played a bunch of games right away. And so I was like, I think I'd only played like four games when I went to my first tournament, and then that was like I started really putting myself on like a grind of like jamming uh, games to just kind of. I well, I was just enjoying it, and it was like lighting up my brain, and um, that in war machine too he's like you'll play a game you'll lose but you go home with so much information that you're like you you start again you start hacking hacking the matrix and then you you have just so many ideas and then you go back and you experience like the reward of that and then you know so on so on um it's just addictive it's like a super it's it's the best dopamine fix period in anything like i don't care you know you i know you play like marvel snap i'm like nope I'm just going to just, I'm just going to play more MCP and then every game is just like, and the more I lose, the more addictive it is. It's like, cause like losing, you have so much work to do in your brain. Like, and it's, that's the like magic, you know, I mean, how, do you ever just like, you're like, you're trying to go to bed and your brain is just like, no, but uh, what if you put blob in your list and you're like, no, shut up. Uh, but you just can't, you like literally get up out of bed and like go to Cerebro. Oh, no, I, I know that feeling 100%. That, that hits me, because I always play games Thursday night, and I've been trying to, like, get my sleeping schedule, so I'm getting to bed at a decent, more decent time. But I'm always, like, after even playing one or two games, I just, my brain is just shooting on all cylinders, and it hit the most when I was working, when I played Red Skull for the first time, and, like, the X-Men Red conversation, yeah. like... I laid down, typed out all of my thoughts in the X-Men chat on red skull and then i was like all right i've gotten that out of my brain and then i just was laying in bed for like an hour to two hours thinking about like well wait a minute what if i put in colossus like okay colossus and red like like and i just started rebuilding the whole list in my head instead of sleeping so yes i 100 percent do that yeah as an aside um you inspired me to do uh x-force red and it is spectacular. <laughs> it's like really good, which might <laughs> which might be a problem because like, you know, they're like, I don't know, you know, is is Red School a Red Skull too overtuned or whatever? But uh, yeah, he's pretty fun. Yeah, he can he can be a little crazy if you don't have the right tools. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, I I will say uh, not to uh, you know come down too hard on on Greg or or Jay. X-Men has been one of the most misunderstood affiliations in the whole game and um, well, I mean, also I just, has some yeah. of the weirdest hot takes. And um, yeah. it's that's probably one where 
depend if you had been playing a different affiliation, I think it would have been a lot easier for that conversation to go smoothly. But X Men has really uh like there's a reason why they call the X Men players the the cultists, right? We we kind of have a reputation. Yeah, but it's like, but. um, and and I take it so like I you know, and I've kind of meandered into X Force because I was like, okay, now I really actually want to play the game on hard mode. Like X Men is clearly good if you're willing to go wide and play like a a sort of wide strategy and like, um, or actually if you're playing X Men Red, you're just kind of killing stuff too. But like, um. Like, X-Men have codified things that we just know are good, I think, right? It's like, the secret's out. But, like, yeah. uh, X- X-Force is like, okay, there we go. Now now I'm playing in the, like... And there's no pressure, right? If you're just playing the dumbest stuff ever and everybody hates it, and then you do anything with it, it's, like, awesome, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's kind of... And I just love the characters, too. No one's going to ever be upset you're playing X-Force against them. They're like, oh, you're trying to make this easy for me. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, I played a game, and the guy was, I played a game uh, on TTS, and he was like, I'm playing Defenders, it's really off-meta, just trash, you know, like, don't worry, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so playing casually, and it's like, oh no, I'm gonna hold my beer, dude. <laughs> like, here comes, here, <laughs> here comes Sabertooth, Colossus, Wolverine, and Clay Cable. They're like, yeah, it was, I, I love it. Because, um, yeah, he's playing Defenders, but it's like, Hulk on that note, Luke Cage. I am working on a defenders roster, like yeah. seriously working on a defenders roster. Because really, I've been thinking yeah. about who. Uh, I uh, I've been thinking because I've been just really enjoying playing Logan. Yeah, and obviously, like defenders have great roster, right? Like they have Hulk, they have Luke Cage, they have Valkyrie. Like there are great characters in their affiliation list. It's just kind of an okay leadership. And then subpar cards, so there's not a not a huge incentive to play them. Yeah. But I was trying to think of what places can Logan do really stupid things besides X Men, and yeah. I was thinking the Defenders leadership would be kind of cool for him because he makes extra power. He, like, and if he gets to like beam over a couple of characters and gets to choose the attack type, it was yeah. like let's have a Mystic Logan beam that also hexes all of your dumbasses. Yeah. You know. There could be some. There could be something there worth exploring, and so uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of my projects. Yeah, I think we. But, um, yeah, we were just recently. Um, I, it was like Friday night. We were like playing games, and uh, Nick Crumpton's been playing uh, Convocation, and he switched to Defenders. And he he's been having some pretty interesting results with it. So yeah, I I also am kind of excited about them. Yeah, and obviously Crimson Dynamo is really cool there. I think there's there's some there's some interesting stuff to do. But yeah. as much as I love X Men, as you said, the secret's out. It's not it's not playing you know some unloved affiliation anymore. It's now okay. Well, now I'm playing one of the best affiliations in the game with some of the best characters, a great affiliation list, great tactics cards, great everything. And I just don't think I can do that to my local players all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's we, um, we so have that. You, yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously you you fell in love with the the the, the pouches and the X Force and you you dove into that. But now you've you've been experimenting with Weapon X. How is it how has it been kind of making that jump? Like, oh, the cool Logan and cool Apex come out, but you don't get them. Why don't you play X Force 2.0? Yeah, I don't know. I've got some thoughts. Um 
I don't know where I sit with it. The team works, and I don't know how or why. It like wins games. It's very competitive. Um, but everything feels bad when you're doing it. Like it doesn't. Uh, like you don't get to play with tactics cards. Like the tactics card situation is a debacle. I I hate it. I I don't like. I feel like the dossier and the the memory are a functionally your leadership cards. Like I think you need both. I I don't know if you need both. Like dossier might only be used against like tall lists maybe, but like I don't know. I don't know. I like them both a lot, and I just they that restricts you so hard because um, you're also getting exceptional healing. So there's three cards down. I can't get like no matter the cost. If you're playing a character like Rhino, then you're gonna take robbery. Um, so that's four. You know, so your four cards and then like what you, your fifth card. Um, it's just so tough. Like you have no room for fun cards. Like you can't get chimichangas is never make it. You may as well just like burn the card. Um, or like a fun, cause like, that's my thing is like four, four for being serious. I'll pick four tactics cards for being serious. I have like a fun card and there's just no room for fun cards in that faction. And then, um, like I was trying to make a list. I'm like, man, sinister is a good combo with them. Cause he forced extractions at the beginning and they're all exceptional healers. And then that's crazy good. Um, and also if you forced extraction rhino, he gets two power and, all right, no, that doesn't work, right? Because it's got to be. Uh, is that an enemy effect, or is that a, is that an allied effect? His specifically says enemy or allied. So in this case, he gets a power from the sinister damage, but he doesn't get two. But it means he does have two right away. Exactly. So I thought that was like a cute interaction. But anyways, the point being, that's two cards, and then you got two cards. It just doesn't even work. It's like AMG just like punts the ice cream cone out of your hand on that. So that's a little bit of a feels bad. <laughs> That's a feels bad, and then um, your roster. The characters are so your in faction characters are so strong. It's hard to splash sometimes. Like it's I've been I've been Rhino's been like sublime. Like he's bonkers. Um, and then the the robbery with Dossier has been just Chef's kiss. Like it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> and and the best part too is like. Almost everybody, just because of the way the game is now, they put the dossier on a character that wants to be like an objective runner. So you just you there's no opportunity cost to like go and robbery them because you're they're also dropping like uh, an extract. So like ah, it's just been great. I just love it. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of feels like their uh, affiliated cards are actually no matter the cost and web and exceptional healing, right? Like those are your well, real affiliated cards. <laughs> And then there's some other stuff. Yeah, that's where I was getting mad. Is I couldn't play no matter the cost, and it just bothers me. It's like makes me so mad because I couldn't fit it in my in my five. Granted, I was playing. La I played Lockjaw. I was using last minute save. Um, I thought that last minute save might be cute with uh, exceptional healing. So it's like you save Logan, yeah. and then he starts healing back. That's kind of a backbreaker. Um, but it's like situational. Actually, it's very good. So I don't know. You don't. I guess you can't fault it, but no matter the cost is oftentimes just better. Um, but honestly, no, because everybody generates power. You don't even need it. <laughs> um, I think Lockjaw is an interesting pick for them. Um, when I built the list with Jesse, we did not go that route. But I, I can certainly see it because you can immediately put Logan far enough forward that he's double attacking someone on the middle. 
right? There's yeah. there's some there's some big value there. Um, so the way the faction breaks, the reason why you think about Lockjaw is for a couple things is um, if they're playing Deception, Lockjaw Deception proofs you because you can put like Sabretooth and Laura Kinney together up something like you know Wolverine can be, they can be within two of each other. So you you're upfield with two characters that are very annoying and then they can't Deception you. Um, that's nice. But also, if you're not into deception, you can just move Lockjaw. Like you can teleport Logan up, then move Lockjaw up to Logan, and then he goes out for air right off the bat. And then Lockjaw's still in a relevant place for a turn because that's his big downside is his turn two is so bad. Um, but then Lockjaw is a beast. Later, he is a freaking beast <laughs> in the later game where he's just generating power. And he's Doppler barking at people and then throwing stuff. Like, he is so dumb. And then you last second save, like, right when they think they've got it all figured out and you last second save. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, boy. It's the <laughs> the the damage. So this is like, I had, I had a situation where I had, like, Luke Cage and Voodoo. And they were standing next to a honey badger. They're standing. So on one side of the field is Rhino and Logan. And they're basically... On a, on a secure against Ghost Rider and Blade, on the on the exact opposite table, um, on the other far demon demon portal, um, is Honey Badger, Honey it's Honey Badger and Lockjaw against uh, Luke Cage and uh, Voodoo, and they're just both within one of Honey Badger. V- Do- Luke Cage is incinerated, and Domino has the dossier, and she's like midfield. And so his choice is go with Blade or somebody to try to deal with Loki. Like the I don't I never have Pryo in this list because I'm always too wide. Um, <laughs> but his choice is which two people do you want to lose? Oh, that feels good. Like and then he chose wrong. <laughs> he he chose poorly. He went with Blade and tried to kill. He's like, well, I'll have Blade kill these two, you know, uh, Mystic Defense two guys who are both incinerated. So he thought and then like I still had like exceptional healing or something. And then Domino with seven die, <laughs> Domino with seven die, uh, like a functionally seven die uh, rapid fires, almost killed both of them, just straight, just KOs. Like, uh, that's, yeah, that's such a feel good. Domino with Dossier. Oh my God, just, yeah. I know Dizzard was uh, spooging about it. Deadpool's great with it too, obviously. Domino's just gross. That's just, I, I'm... <laughs> Domino's yeah. a super value character. God, jeez. And then she just explodes with the five, you know, the extra shields. Um, all right. Yeah. So I haven't gotten through all of your episodes yet, but obviously yeah. I've been following that journey and you were, you had a lot of, you had a lot of love for OG Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have gone on the record as saying is potentially one of the worst characters in the game. Yeah. yeah. So now that you're playing Logan, how where where are you settling in now? Do you like? I, I and think, I will I will give OG Wolverine a little bit of credit. Fast healing two is still just good. Okay, um, he's but he's, he's immune to stun and stagger on the backside. Um, he yeah. has way more interesting interactions with certain certain. So remember, I was at last second saving. The reason why that's last minute save is such a relevant card to me is because I was playing it in X Force with Log with OG Wolverine. If you last second, okay, save, yeah, because he's. Yeah, if you last second save Wolverine, that. you destroy. He's hitting with eleven die. He's hitting with like eleven die spenders, and he's going to have power. So he's going to double spender with eleven die attacks, throwing two people. He's a, a beast. He's a monster. 
and that's the thing with Wolverine is like, and he's like the exact exact examples. Like, if the book on someone is like they're underpowered, just question it. Just check under the hood and see for yourself. And Wolverine, one million percent. If you have a plan for him, he's going to be your workhorse, like the absolute anvil that you break the opponent over. Um, and his plays. I'm like, not sure the- I've ever heard someone suggest that. Like in all of the things that I've ever listened to, I'm not sure I've heard someone specifically suggest. And I, I'm sure someone will come out of the woodworks and hear this and be like, "I said in this one Discord, this one time, that this combo was good." But I personally can't think of a time where I've heard someone do that. And like that's one of the big problems with Logan is like if he does get dazed and then he's like on that injured side that is kind of the side that can like make him super pop off. The problem is the five health just goes down too fast and he dies. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that less second save to, you know, prevent that so he's still like so then he's like super popping off. Like I okay. I I can see that working. He's really popping off. And then you're already playing you're already playing no matter the cost. So if he gets flipped and has power, and for some reason you have priority, you can, no matter the cost, get him on three wounds and do massive damage. Or you last second save and do the, you know, so you win-win. You put yourself in like a, they're they're just screwed where, no matter what. Um, And that's where, in, in like, you know, I had a game against like Beanish where he was playing like, jug, it was like Juggernaut and Lizard. And then there was like Mystique. And I was like, um, I was like, I think I kill all three of these guys this turn. And he was like, I'd like to see it. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, well, here we go. I'll like, no matter the cost, I just, I killed all three. Like I threw, I uh, Berserker Barrage Lizard, threw, left Lizard on one, threw him into Juggernaut. Juggernaut started getting damaged. I Berserker Barrage him, whatever. I was like, or maybe I threw, I don't know. It was just like a disgusting series of uh, attacks. And, uh, oh no, I think I threw Lizard into Mystique. And then Berserker Barrage Juggernaut just killed him outright with like a 10 die. So like, um, yeah, he just does crazy stuff. And Berserker Barrage is a very economical, like, spender. And it does great things. Um, but then again, I had a game yeah, against Vince Yeah, it's a Vince solid Kirkhoff. spender. Yeah, you, have to, you do also have to play it correctly if you want to win games. <laughs> which is that you have to um, do not make the move until you've resolved the damage. Like, what? <laughs> if you tell, I, I just as I have it. I'm like this in Magic, too. And I'm like... You know, uh, but I'll like put myself within one right away, and then like Bucky gets to use uh, Spetsnaz training. That's not good for you, right? So don't do that. Just uh, observe the yeah. rules at the at the uh, you know the phases that they work, and then you won't screw yourself out of damage. But <laughs> I mean, even they can apply with a new Wolverine. Like sometimes it can really suck when you're like, oh, I killed that guy, and now I don't get a place in the spot that I wanted to place. Yeah, yeah. I will um, say that so, Logan's my, great, though. There's, I have no complaints about him. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious on the comparison. I'm not here to like shit on OG Wolverine. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for an episode where you're not here. Uh, I, I would say that it's neck and neck. To me, I think they're the same character. I think they're very good, and they both do a lot of work. Like his beams, um, his tornado claw is going to have a very similar turn. If you really think about it, uh, if a Berserker Barrage isn't going to kill somebody like a Ghost Rider, being able to like do three damage and throw him is going to have a similar amount of damage as like a Tornado Claw. Um, so depending on, like, I don't know. They're, they're honestly, if you're really crunching it, it's not that different. Um, and then, yeah, it's a 7-5 versus 6-6, six, six, so... For, for, for listeners' sake, I will say the big difference is it kind of feels like Logan doesn't actually need any kind of special support and he can just kind of do his thing wherever. And he has more synergy with like the normal X-Men team. Like he just, 
he loves to be my X-Men. He loves the hop. Like it all sets up great things for him. Whereas it feels like OG Wolverine can work if you have these specific support packages, um, to, to help him do his thing. Like, like your lockjaw tech, which I think is actually pretty sweet. Yeah. But Logan, I've actually had enough games where he's, his disadvantages are kind of annoying. Like when you're playing in the midnight suns, I would actually just maybe not take him at all. Um, because him just exploding over and over and over again is really annoying. And, um, like, I don't know how to mitigate that. And also just two Mystic Defense into that team. I don't know if you really play OG Wolverine into that either. But but when he's a two Mystic Defense and he's basically the town pump for just doing extra crack damage on everybody is just annoying. And then he can't work with your team strategy because he doesn't get his rerolls and he, you know, it's like... What are we doing here? Like, why is he, you know... I do think the key with him is figure out a role, kind of like a flanking role, something. Um, So I actually just played him against Midnight Suns. I mean, it was a little bit more of a demo-y game. Um, And so I was like, well, I don't want to pop off and just do Logan things right away. And conveniently on my table and on the side of the table that I was at, there was a size 4 and a size 5. It was the Weapon X bunker and this forest that I created. And so Logan could not do the walk towards the midline D and then attack whoever goes on the midline D, I had accidentally placed terrain to just stop that for myself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that actually kind of works out. All right, cool. I'll just have him be the one who grabs the middle cube. Yeah. And then my opponent chose not to mess with Logan in the middle. They just heard too many things and just kind of like, we're going to avoid Logan. And then I just ended up picking this fight with Blade mid-game where, like, Blade's off on this other D and then, like, Logan just wrecks Blade and Blade never gets to make an attack on him. Yeah. I will say that that also, uh, Josh is like, he doesn't, I'm like, it feels bad for me because I'm like too missing defense. He doesn't like it either. <laughs> As even with his like rerolls <laughs> on defense, he's like, uh, I just feel like I'm at risk or, you know, um, and it like, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a fun, it's actually a fun matchup, but it's like, if they're on demons. Yeah, it's definitely one you gotta, you gotta think about the, think about the ins and outs. Yeah. Demons, demons can be brutal. Demons. You All right. Not, well, yeah. um, before we, before we wrap up the primary episode, I was curious, do you have any goals for yourself or for Muse for 2023 that, that you want to, you, that you want to share? Um, well, I don't know. Um, I want to, I definitely want to, I'd like to win a, at least a small tournament or I'd like to just start doing well at tournaments right now. I'm just having too much fun and uh, goofing off and um, experiencing the journey. Uh, but at that, the, I think I've played enough games now where it's like, okay, now I just need to like buckle down and take it serious and like really make lists with, uh... so that's my thing. I want to basically, it's like a, it's like a three phase plan of like, I doesn't, I don't have to play like, I don't have to subscribe to like the meta stuff. I'll, but you know, if you have a plan, you can make a lot of things work. And I want to do that. And I want to like execute, you know, with experience, um, into like a tournament situation against like people I don't know. And then secondly, I want to like socially, uh, I'm so at this point after like 20 years of gaming, I tend to kind of have like a, a, a social Olay defense where I like, if, if they're contentious or something weird, I tend to just kind of throw the game. Um, so I have to also then be socially tougher you know, it's like, I don't, you know what, if you're salty that you lost a guy at the bottom of turn one, I have to tough it out and like not let you play back into it and then have this weird, like it, not every game's a demo game is essentially, I'm not trying to like, you yes. know what I mean? I don't have to, uh, 
be that I don't have to be kid, you know, kid gloves all the time. Um, but I need to like, let myself have fun. In LVO 2020, and I've probably told this story like an absolute gajillion times. Um, I was playing a game against somebody and Modoc, like round one, dazed Black Panther with one shot. Just mm-hmm. took all six health. Like, and the dude was like, dude, you want to re-rack? This kind of sucks for you. And I was like, nah, I want to play this out. And I ended up learning so much from that game. That was like, it inspired my second episode of Omnis Protocol with controlling priority and like this whole concept. Because what I ended up doing that game was like, I am not going to activate Okoye. See if I can lure him into killing Okoye, which will give me priority. And then I can kill Modok before he gets to activate Modok. And then I can totally change this game. Yeah. And it worked. And I tabled him. It was the first time I'd ever tabled someone. And nice. so there can absolutely be these games where you lose someone at the beginning of the round, but that character is now totally loaded with power. And Black Panther, like, when he's like, all right, I'm going to mantle, pounce, and do these two big attacks, reroll any, like, he can shift, he can shift a game state for sure. Um, and so, uh, I, I've seen a lot of people who want to, want to, you know, kind of, call a game bottom yeah. of one or maybe early in two, but that is just not always the case. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a, your, what you're saying is a very, an extremely rewarding, actually reminds me of like old war machine type stories. Um, Cause that's when that nonsense, like the jocular sort of, you want to re-rack? Cause I feel like this is bad for you. Like that's, I, I don't know if that's how, you know, I, I don't want to put him on, you know, he might not have meant it that way. Like he could have actually been trying to be really good sportsman, but it sounds kind of rubby, you know, like he's like trying to kind of like, uh, you know, this is over for you, dude. Um, but like, yeah, you know, uh, Oh, in my example, that was 100% the way it came across. He was like, yeah, yeah this sucks for you. I know I just totally one shot your dude. Do you <laughs> want to re-rack and just start over so that it's like a more reasonable game? Okay. We were still pretty new, like learning the MCP dice. So it was okay. kind of like, Hey, my dice blew up. That sucks for you. Yeah. Do you want to just start over? Yeah. Yeah, that, but then toughing it out, and then, but that's cool, like, I, um, yeah, recently, like, we've had some games recently that, like, um, we're playing at the wrong point level, or we don't, you know, like, and I'm just like, no, we're just gonna, let's just, like, you know, I've been purposely, like, playing these, like, out of our comfort zone scenarios, and it's just, like, fun to see it through, you know, it's like, you know, you don't have to, but, yeah. Also, I would like to. I play X Force for God's sake. So if Cable dazes somebody, I would like to enjoy the game. Yeah. Like, I'd like to be like, can I please just like you know, <laughs> can we just admit that this doesn't happen to me a lot? So let's just can like, can I savor this? I don't get yeah. to experience this that often. Cable yeah. did good work. Yeah. Can you just let me? I want to tell Desert about this game yeah. afterwards. Can we just? <laughs> should we just experience the whole thing yeah. for what it is? Exactly. Like enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Root for me, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah let me let me enjoy my x-forceness okay all right well listeners i think uh nigel and i are going to go into the bonus episode talk a little bit more list building and muse experience um this has been super fun nigel thank you so much for joining me for this man thank you for having me this has been super fun all right well do you want to do a quick shout out to your uh your projects and where people can find you and get a hold of you and ask you for sweet og wolverine tech um, I don't know if I have a link. I don't know where we put this link, but we do have our like Mise on Minis Discord server. Um, if you need to harass us about stuff, um, but we do have a Discord server. Um, I think it's on the Muse Facebook page. It's also I think on the Muse site. So like people are somehow getting in there. So, uh, but you can also just you can message <laughs> you know me it's somewhere. 
yeah, you can message me on Omnis Protocols or just on Discord um, directly. I'm usually like Steven Swayze on Discord and, uh, you know, whatever. So if you want to get a Discord invite or whatever, you can't find it. Just just let me know. And then, uh, yeah. Well, and for your content, you just look on uh, – you look at – Muse on Minis is what usually shows up in Spotify. Um, and then you did make a, a specific RSS feed for Muse on Marvel that works. Right, it was just yeah. only showing like the most recent episodes. It wasn't going all the way back. But yeah. uh, I'll try to share that as that as well. But, man, welcome, welcome to the community, even yeah. though Jay and Greg almost scared you off. Oh, they didn't scare me off. I knew. I knew. This is, this is like – so there's – you know – one of my anecdotally my favorite sort of comic experiences um is the superman movie uh where he loses his power so he could be with lois lane and then he uh gets yeah. like picked on you know like basically really gets like the rock bottom and he goes to the fortress of solitude but he has to like walk there he has to literally like hitchhike and then walk there and then he gets his powers back. He meets his dad. He talks to the crystals or whatever he gets back. But then he, he got the crap beat out of him at like a diner, you know, like on the way. Yeah, it was just, it was like a like a truck stop. Yeah, a truck stop. And he gets back and he's yeah, got like his a truck powers. Stop diner. And that same bully's there and he just throws him through the pinball machine. That's yeah. So yeah. Jay, Jay and Greg have a little they've got a they've got a moment coming. That's what I like. I think Greg is gonna be at Adepticon. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna maybe stuff you, about maybe you should play him with that exact yeah. roster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, I am so looking forward to teasing Greg about this. He'll, he'll, yeah. He's a good sport. Yeah. I love Greg. Uh, oh, good times. All right, listeners. Well, I think this is going to be a good spot for us to wrap up the primary episode. Um, then going to do the bonus episode. Um, I still get weird questions about this, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just a dollar an episode, so it comes out to like four to five dollars a month on uh, average. I, I sub um, just depends on how many. I sub to it, and uh, does it like if you sub right now? Does it charge you like two hundred dollars for all the bonus episodes, or does it just like you pay the one dollar no. and you can access all of them, and then you just are paying a dollar per episode going forward? Just a dollar per episode going forward. You yeah. don't get charged for any of the history stuff. That's cool. I also yeah, so was like, you... I totally would. I'd be like, so I listened to your episodes. Then I recently subbed. And then I, and it just was aside, I don't mean to blow up your like outro. Uh, <laughs> but, but then I subbed and I was like, well, I'm going to go back and listen to the bonus episode. So uh, I was like, if I was like, I don't know if it's going to be like an $80 charge, you know, but it's like, if, even if it charged me a dollar per each one I listened to, I would, that would, I'd be totally happy with that. Like, but whatever. Anyways, the point is it's, it's sweet. Um, and it's a buck, big deal. We'll just do it. Yeah, you you absolutely. I I didn't even think about that until you just said it. Maybe that's what people because I constantly get that question: Is it really just a dollar? And I was like, yeah, you you get charged about four to four or five dollars a month, and it, it does even like mid month. I don't think it charges you for the episodes that released before you. So if like if you sub at the end of the month, you will get charged for like maybe the one episode and then you get the four to five in the future. It's, it's trying yeah. to be pretty. I lenient. think it only, I think it only hit me. Yeah. I think it only hit me the once. I mean, or it's how, whenever I started subbing, it's only hit me for the content that's come out since I think, but I was worried about it when I did it. Um, I was like, is this just going to oh, okay. hit me for like all 200 episodes or however many episodes you had? So I was like, but it didn't, it just like, and then, you know, and I don't mean to put this out there uh, and you can edit this out if you want, but like, if you, if you're like, Say you want to support Omnis and listen to the bonus episodes, but then you want to like take some time off. It's basically like an HBO subscription, I think, where you could yeah you could pay the dollar and just at least get kind of involved. You know, you don't have to sub every month. You could just sub 
um, like every sixth month and then catch up and then or whatever, you know, like just whatever, any bit helps, right? Like it's. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not something you have to like stay committed to people. There's definitely some people that like, as I yeah. get notifications in Patreon, whenever somebody like subscribes or unsubscribes it, it it tells me and so yeah there's definitely a few people that like they'll subscribe for a couple of months and then maybe they take an mcp break or something and then they come back later and that's that's totally fine yeah and i'm i'm of the opinion especially like you're so reasonable with like what you're asking because like there are people who you know or whatever i don't know but the the big thing is you're reasonable it's not a lot and um you know it's like less than a cup of coffee and you like you put out content that's enjoyable and like you learn a lot from the free stuff and then you learn a lot from the pay the paywall stuff i don't know it's just it's fun it's like yeah i don't know that's uh you should try to try to strike a nice balance yeah well uh, i'll have nigel on for more um you know advertisements for myself that this is going to work out um but until you're listening to the bonus episodes i will close out this one and just say the most op thing that you can do is play og wolverine and lockjaw and see if nigel is correct later nerds <laughs>